I get a lot of questions about ghost investigating and I want to give you my two favorite tools and a couple of tips on how to be intuitive when you ghost hunt. Okay, so as you know, because you've been listening to this, you know, for a while, you've been listening to the other side chats, as you know, I was on a ghost hunting team for a long time, ghost hunting, ghost investigating, a ghost investigating is probably a better way to say it, because we believe and we know in our hearts that ghosts are people too. So we probably don't want to talk about hunting them, we probably want to talk about investigating. Now, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And today, if I was invited on to uh, another team or something, I would seriously consider it. We actually have our own crossing over team here. And we're starting to step into doing, uh, you know, ghost investigations as well. I have one planned for next week. Stay tuned with that because I'm going to be bringing that to the crossing over community. It's going to be a lot of fun. One of the things that I really like to emphasize when it comes to ghost investigating is that I, while I do think it is perfectly fine to do a ghost investigation, I think it is really important when it's done to clear the building, cross over the spirits that were stuck and were causing the quote unquote haunting to happen in the first place and help everyone to go home. I believe that that's really important. It's a hard concept for me to think about an investigating team going in and picking up a bunch of evidence from people who are in spirit form who are stuck and then saying, okay, good night, goodbye, see you later, you know, have a great time. Uh, for me, that's kind of like leaving a lost child on the side of the road. Just they, everyone deserves to go home. Everyone is love. And so they do deserve to go home, whether they're acting good or bad or right or wrong. <laughs> Everyone gets to go home. So I do encourage ghost hunting and ghost investigating teams to please, you know, clear the place when you're done and help the spirits. So by being on that team, this is one of the reasons why I loved that team so much was that they encouraged that with me too. And they were, they supported it. They were completely on board with clearing with me clearing the property when it was all said and done because this team not only wanted to get evidence for the sake of researching but they also cared about the spirits that were stuck they actually had concern for individuals who were not able to complete their transition to the other side and that was really powerful for me not to mention this team that I worked with for ghost invest for ghost investigations handled mediumship beautifully. And if you're on a team right now or thinking about creating a team or just interested in this in general, I'm going to throw a couple of things out there that if you haven't thought of them yet, you really should. Because again, how this team handled mediumship was perfect. A lot of ghost investigation teams don't want a medium on site. Some of them don't believe in a medium. I am chuckling. You know, I'm chuckling. Are you kidding? You don't believe in mediumship, but you believe in spirits. So <laughs> I do find that interesting, but some of them, they, they don't want a medium on site. And some of them have beliefs that having a medium on site is going to reduce the amount of evidence they get. I understand there's a lot of reasons, but if you do have a medium that comes to the site to pick up anything intuitively, intuitively that they can pick up, which by the way, sometimes that aligns with some really great evidence for you. 
If you have a medium, there are two ways to treat that situation in a more scientific way, in a more, um, you know, kind of fair way to what the medium is going to bring. Because me, I'm going to go in, I'm going to intuitively pick up through mediumship, anything that I can get, I'm going to share it with the team. In order for that information to be the most effective, um, to not necessarily be considered evidence, but to be considered in the whole group of evidence, you really need to hold some standards. And the first standard that they held that I loved so much was that they wouldn't tell me the location. They would tell me the town and the date and what time I needed to show up in that town. I would show up. And then when I got to the town, it was usually like 11 o'clock at night. I loved it. But when I got there, I would call them and they would say, okay, here's the address. And it would always be within five minutes. This cut out the concept that a medium would research a place before going there and learn a whole bunch of stuff and then and then say it as if it was intuitive. So that cuts that out, which is wonderful. Or even having another team member drive, pick the medium up and drive them to the site is probably even more effective because then a second person, you know, can say for a fact that this medium did not know where they were going. Now most mediums aren't going to look it up because that instantly blocks access to pure information and intuition and why how boring would that be other than you're just pretending to be a medium because of the attention or something like this which leads me to say yes there are some out there that are not ethical and would do that and it's very sad shame on you so for the medium though the ethical medium that's coming on site to pick up as much intuitive information as they can for the team don't tell them where it is until the very last minute or bring them to the location without disclosing the location ahead of time. The second thing that is very helpful for bringing a medium onto uh, an investigation site is to not talk to them when they're there, not until they're completely done. Let them roam the property, walk through the buildings, um, put a camera on them, pick up everything that they say. You know, sometimes a medium tends to go silent because they're collecting information. You can you can gently say, what are you picking up? What are you picking up? But for the most part, don't bombard them with anything that you feel or you experience. Just sort of leave them alone. Don't feed the bears. Just let them do their thing. And then when they feel like they've completely, you know, went through the whole space and picked up everything that they can pick up, they'll let you know that then you can open up a conversation with them. That's how you're going to get the most information. Now, I do love investigating. I'm actually, um, you know, going to do an investigation next week. So we'll see how that unfolds. I'm going to do it uh, solo. And this is where I want to kind of invite you to play around with some of this stuff yourself if you're interested in it. Uh, perhaps even utilize some of this in talking with spirits in the crossing over process if you want to, if you're curious about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And as long as your heart is in the good place, in, you've done you know, GCP and done the spiritual protection, please. <laughs> you know, you've done GCP, your heart's in a good place and you have the communication and you end the communication with assisting a spirit to cross over because, you know, ghost people too. As long as those are all into play, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. And what I want to do is I want to give you the two tools that you can start using 
right out of the gate. Now, the one tool that I found to be less effective, but very, very good when you actually find a spirit that likes to communicate through it is a mag light flashlight. Now you take a mag light flashlight. It's the kind of flashlight that the, it's not a push on or off button. It's a screw on or off that you're turning the lens one way or the other, either turns the flashlight on or turns it off. What you want to do is you want to turn that just to the point where it's almost about to turn on. Not all the way until it turns on, but that point right before it's about to turn on. So the flashlight's still off, really close to being on, and you set the flashlight down. I prefer to point it straight up in the air. You can lay it down if you want to. And then that's where you start to ask questions. This is a structure that you'll need to say. It's very much like pendulum work. You'll need to say yes or no. Uh, if you can communicate with me, can you make the flashlight turn on? It's pretty straightforward. There's no magical words around it. And when you do get a flash of the flashlight, no one's touching it. When you do get a flash of it, start your communication. Can you show me one flash for yes or um, flash twice for no? and see if you can get that interaction happening. I like this tool because I have seen it work right in front of my face. I had a female spirit standing next to me communicating with me through mediumship and the maglite flashlight with this ghost hunting team off to the right. And what she was saying to me would then immediately happen on the flashlight. And that's when I went, wow, that's legit. That's really cool. And so from my own personal experience, this skeptic was convinced on that day that they really do you know, com communicate through the flashing of the lights. Now, I say that this is the lesser of the two because it works, but more often than not, my favorite tool for ghost investigating works the best. And I actually have one. It's a digital recorder. It's very simple. Uh, you know, if you really want to dive into the specs of what kind for ghost investigating, you can do that. Uh, it's a deep dive and it's quite the rabbit hole that you can go down. But if that's if that's your gig, go for it. Uh, in general, you can go on Amazon, get a pretty good, reliable one that has a lot of good ratings and you should be all set. When it comes to using a digital recorder, what you can do is get yourself an armband. I use a pretty standard one that you would use when you're going for a jog or a walk and you put your cell phone in it to listen to music. You can use that same kind of armband and put it on your arm, put the digital recorder inside the armband, push record, make sure that the microphone is you know, outside of the armband so it's not smothered in the fabric. But push record and then go ahead and, you know, walk through a space that you feel might have spirits in it, or maybe you already felt the spirits and you want to try some communication. You don't even have to do this for very long. You can do it for just five, 10 minutes if you want to, but very simple questions. Ask out loud. Is there anyone here in spirit form that wants to communicate? Is there anything that you want me to know? Is there uh, anything that you would like to say? Is there a name that you would like to share? You know, pause in between each question, giving just enough time for that digital recorder to be able to pick up what we call an EVP. And when you're done, go back home, or if you're already home, go, go sit down and download the recording and listen to it with noise canceling headphones, something like this, right? If you're um, on video, you can see this, but something that eliminates all of the sound around you. So you can focus just on the recording and 
listen for something that is not your voice and see if you can isolate it. It's really kind of neat when you do pick one up. It really is. I'll share one with you here so you can kind of get a feeling for what one sounds like. But I had this wonderful Sage Circle member. She was absolutely one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. And I was interviewing her on my Cracking Open podcast where I, where I interviewed Sage Circle members to talk about their spiritual paths. And she was talking about receiving symbols. And you can hear on this recording, which I will play at the end of this, you can hear on the recording, she says that she's going to pick up symbols. Right after the word symbols, you hear a male voice say, okay. And then you hear us start talking again. I didn't say, okay. She didn't say, okay. So it was really uh, a little bit at first kind of creepy, but then I was like, well, who could that be? When I picked it up, when I listened to the audio recording later, and I wasn't looking for an EVP. I was just listening to the audio to edit it for the podcast. And when I picked it up, I thought, well, oh, that's interesting. That's the first time that's ever happened with me on a podcast. And I shared it with her and we both sat with it. And we both really had a gut feeling intuitively that this was her guide communicating with her. And it was a really beautiful moment. So you can use a digital recorder to pick up sounds for, uh, you know, ghost investigations, a haunted location, if you are connecting with a spirit and maybe you want to see if you can have some communication with them before you help cross them over because you always help cross over. That's the end goal. Or if you just want to start using it to try to communicate with your own guides or your own loved ones. And it's a neat way to pick up a little bit of evidence and bring it into this sort of human realm of what this communication is like. And here, as a great example, is the EVP I picked up in the podcast. Okay, I found the recording and I'm going to play it here at the end. Let me just set this up for you. This was a Sage Circle member. She is awesome. She was a guest on my podcast and we were having a conversation. In essence, she says the words, okay, you'll understand the symbols. And right after the word symbols, she hears a male voice saying, okay. And my brain was like, okay, you'll understand the symbol. Okay. That's and awesome. It was good. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. This podcast has been brought to you by the Crossing Over Community, a loving and safe community of individuals who are shining light on the beautiful process of the death transition. Members of this community are amazing people just like yourself. Join the discussion, access more in-depth trainings, and be a part of this growing movement by joining the Crossing Over community today.